I, I have a daughter. I have two five-year-old girls, London and Brooklyn. At least one of them gets me up at like two in the morning. It says, Dad, I'm ready to get up. I'm like, cool. I start to get up, realize it's way too early. I'm like, you got to go back to bed. Then they cry, go back to bed. At five in the morning, Christina gets up and she starts teaching English to kids in China. At 6.30, my alarm goes off and I turn on the TV and put out breakfast for the twins. It's usually some kind of fruit. Then at about 7, 7.30, I get up, get up with my youngest one-year-old, Audrey. And the girls have eaten their food and they're watching Saturday, or in this case, Saturday morning cartoons. And then Christina fi- finishes teaching Chinese kids English about 7.38, and then we start our day. So that's a typical morning for me. It sounds exhausting. Um, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> I guess you've been doing it for three plus years now. I did find a couple of stories, trending stories, that I think are worth, are kind of worth just kind of talking about. All right, so this this involves, I believe this involves car, college partying, and uh, it should be stated that Andrew and I are not uh, unfamiliar with the college party scene. In fact, uh, our, our relationship goes back to uh, cult being college roommates and involved, what would you say, a, a fair amount of partying, Andrew? Oh, we, we partied. We partied yes. so much. All right. So this is a story from Ireland. This is true. This is not fake news. I did look this up on Snopes, um, and this was trending on Google. So this this happened. I think this happened last night. In fact, it did. So uh, this is a college party, and uh, the students were caught. One of the students brought a dead dolphin into the party, <laughs> and they started to dance. There's there's video and pictures of them dancing with the dead dolphin. <laughs> So it doesn't say here, I, I'm wanting you, Andrew, to please um, maybe to give me your, your theories and how, how this came to be. Here's my theory. I imagine that this person got a little wasted. Well, they're in college, so maybe they were dissecting a dolphin in one of their classes. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty hardcore dissection, I imagine. What degree, what degree would you have to get at, at college? To where you're dissecting dolphins. I think it's a sociology degree. <laughs> That's what they do. <laughs> Maybe anthropology. I could see an anthropology degree doing that. I imagine what what is inside a dolphin when you dissect it. Like what's in the stomach? Because I imagine they eat some weird stuff through the ocean. Yeah, that's a good question. So you, you think alcohol is involved? Alcohol is involved. Definitely. I mean, no sober person is going to dance with a dead dolphin. See, I have a different theory. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, I think that this is your typical case of truth or dare gone bad. (laughs) You know, where someone's up in the ante, I dare you to, you know, take a picture on top of the uh, quad statue in your underwear. Done. Hey, all right, my turn. Uh, I dare you to, you know, scour the beaches for a dead dolphin, bring it to a party. Totally. <laughs> I love that image of a college person scouring the beaches for a dead dolphin. But there's no way that they did this truth or dare game when they were sober, right? Like, I like the theory, but there's got to be an X factor. 
And that, you know, Andrew, that could be the conclusion to all of these news items is that alcohol was involved. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know to give that that story a thumbs up or thumbs down. I'm going to just give it a solid middle, middle thumb there. Yeah. Thumbs down. If any harm was done to any sea creatures, you know, in this, if the dolphin was already dead, I don't even... I guess this is the bizarre thumb, so I don't even know which direction the thumb goes on that. Um, but yeah. Yeah, well, when I think more about the details, I was giving it a middle thumbs because the idea of like, I'm picturing like a dolphin, like, like blow up toy, but that's not it. This is a dead carcass. So thumbs down of the image of someone partying with a carcass. That's, that's disgusting. Well, and there's, there's a photo here, uh, of the dolphin that's been dropped off the balcony at one point. And it just, it has the name of the college, the cork Institute of technology, <laughs> dead dolphin in the background. So I'm, I'm guessing they're not using this image for like university marketing. <laughs> oh All right, let's, let's get to the, the pressing issue, uh, which, which is floss. That's, that's really the hot topic that I want to talk about. And I just want to clarify for anyone who is listening to this podcast, we we really put some thought into this. We tried to think about what are the issues that uh, define our generation, our time, the day we live in. You know, there's so many things trending in the world, problems to solve, uh, you know, uh, climate change, you know, world hunger. And, uh, you know, we put them all through our podcast filter. And, and this is what came out the other end. So I want to preface the talking about floss with with a story. I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a little personal here. Um, when, when I was growing up, when my mom was te- when my mom was potty training me, she she taught me to go to the bathroom sitting backwards. So <laughs> wait, hold on a second. Time out. <laughs> so you're facing the toilet? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, why? <laughs> because she said I always peed on the seat. And so she wanted me to face the other way. Because really, if you face that way, then you're a lot more likely to not pee on the seat. But isn't there like isn't there like a real risk of like a basketball backboard situation? <laughs> There might have been. I don't know. All okay. I know, I don't remember being potty trained. I'll tell <laughs> all I remember. It sounds like there were traumatic experiences that you've mentally blocked out of your brain. Oh, it's not blocked out. I'll tell you what happened. So, so I always went to the bathroom this way. And for some reason, I was over at my cousin's house and we were younger. So this isn't as weird. It's still a little weird, but... We're all in the bathroom together, and we're going to the ba- going to the bathroom. And I, <laughs> I get on the toilet to go to the bathroom, and my cousins, my cousins were like, "Why are you going to the bathroom backwards?" <laughs> and I was like, "What do you mean going to the bathroom backwards?" Because I had no idea that. I you had nothing going, to compare it to. You weren't watching other people go to the bathroom. Exactly. And so I always thought that I was going the normal way. And they're like, no. No, you're going to the bathroom backwards. And so then it finally dawned on me that I was was going to the bathroom backwards. And the funniest thing was 
I tried to go the normal way, and it felt so uncomfortable. Like, I tried it a couple of times, and I'm like, this is terrible. <laughs> and so... To, but I knew that eventually, like I was, I need, I was gonna need to conform to society. <laughs> so, on the weekdays, I made a goal and I said, on the weekdays, I'll go the uncomfortable way. But then on the weekends, I can let loose and go the comfortable <laughs> way. <laughs> I don't know exactly how to unpack this. I have so many follow up questions. <laughs> how old were you? You know, when you said you had to, you know, adopt to the rest of society, were you under the impression there were like mass public toilets where people would check off that you were doing this correctly? I knew. I knew about the bathroom Gestapo that was out there. And I guess my last question is, how are you going to link this to flossing? Yeah. So, <laughs> no. So it's similar because, you know, if I had compared notes about going to the bathroom with other people i would have never known it's probably not that related but i think it's kind of related like they're both (laughs) both things you do in the bathroom that you don't see other people do very often fair enough yeah just don't try to combine the two yeah (laughs) definitely don't okay so flossing i actually am a big proponent of flossing i think I think it's great. And I didn't always used to floss, but then someone said, hey, I floss every day. It's a great thing. Like, it'll help your teeth. And then I decided to floss. If you're not flossing, you should floss right now, okay? That's just unacceptable if you're not flossing. But also, there's there's all sorts of different types of floss. What kind of floss do you use, Chris? You know, uh, I use, you know... I think it's I think it's Crest has a brand of floss, but I'll be honest. The floss in my house is usually whatever floss the the local dentist provides us for free in that little baggie. So I think it it changes with with what's going on between my kids and my wife and, and myself. One of us has recently gone to the dentist. We, we usually have a good collection of floss. So I might be using bubblegum floss from my kids right now. I may or may not be doing that. <laughs> So here's this is this is kind of interesting. This isn't actually an interesting story about floss. Floss is probably just not that interesting, but I think it is. So I I go to the dentist and I floss every day. Like I'm a really good flosser. And I don't know if I go to a dentist that just has a ridiculously high standard, but I go in there and they're like, uh, do you floss? And I say, Yeah, yeah, I floss. Every day I floss, which I feel like I'm in the 1% of the world who flosses every day. Yeah. So I I feel like right then the conversation should be over and they should be like, yeah, you're great. Thank you for flossing. But they always follow up and they say, oh, what kind of floss do you use? And I use the Crest floss, the, the Pro Glide. Have you used that before? It's like the really like thin strips that like easily go into your teeth and it's just fantastic yeah it's the dental you know it's the floss equivalent of flying first class (laughs) that is so true and they always say (laughs) this has happened multiple times they say oh you really shouldn't use that floss because it doesn't get all the plaque because it's not like thick enough you should use like a waxed floss that will pick up all the gunk 
and I'm thinking to myself, why would I step back in time? That's like going to the Stone Age <laughs> with floss. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but they, <laughs> it's just terrible. It's just terrible. So I have a couple of, of comments, thoughts, musings based on this. My stepmom, like, is kind of, uh, she's a little bit of a hoarder. And she, like, holds on to things for a while. She has a box of old dental floss that's, like, I feel like it's from, like, the 1980s. And it's that thick, waxed floss. And I don't know if it's what your dentist think you should use. But she gave me some. And I used it the other day. And it was so thick. I could barely fit it between my teeth. And my gums were, like, bleeding after each use. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. And, like, after one, after you put it through one like gap in your teeth all the all the wax is gone so after that it's like using thread it's like trying to put thread in your teeth no no a better description is like thin rope (laughs) (laughs) thread does not accurately convey this it hurts okay can i tell you a funny story about hoarding (laughs) yes so my grandma uh she grew up in the depression and so everyone from that generation kind of hoarded a little bit. I don't know if hoarding was is the right word. They stored. They kept everything because obvious reasons. They, were, they didn't know if they were going to need to use it. So when my grandma passed away, my parents were cleaning her house, and they came across, like, boxes and boxes of toilet paper from the 1950s. And... <laughs> My mom is not one to let things go to waste. So the next, like, six months to a year, we were using this toilet paper from the 1950s. And anyone who doesn't think technology has come leaps and bounds has never used toilet paper from the 1950s. It was like using sandpaper. It was terrible. It was like one-ply sandpaper. So it would rip and it would scratch. Oh, it was horrible. It's true. I just assume that we're using the exact same toilet paper they used 100 years ago, but <laughs> not the case, huh? No, there's been leaps and bounds in the to- in toilet paper technology. Now, there wasn't like Cold War era propaganda printed on the toilet paper, was there? <laughs> or what to do when a nuclear bomb drops, that kind of thing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. No, there wasn't. So, sorry. Sidetrack. So, you've had experience with terrible floss. That's good to know. Well, and more than that, this is an embarrassing thing to admit because, you know, you're sharing your I was taught initially to pee on the toilet facing (laughs) the toilet, which that warrants its own full podcast to completely unpack and digest. But, you know, I was having this discussion with with one of my coworkers the other day about things you discover later in life that you realize were just way wrong or things that everybody else knew that you didn't know. And since we're on the topic of oral hygiene, I just barely discovered that you're supposed to brush the insides of your teeth. What do you mean that? Like the back? What do you mean the inside? You know, you do the outside of your teeth normally. That's what you, every video in the history of dental videos are people brushing their teeth. They're brushing the fronts of their teeth, you know, the outside. And then they do the tops and bottoms, you know, which is where the molars are. But the inside where the tongue is, that whole area, you're supposed to be brushing inside of there. Like the, you're brushing the tongue or is it still your teeth? Like, like if the tongue is touching 
the tongue tu- where the tongue touches is the inside of your teeth. Oh yeah, yeah. You the haven't inside, been doing that. Like that, <laughs> that side? No, I was just doing the other side. Well, oh, and if you think, have you ever seen a video? Like every time you see a kid's video, where are they brushing? And like, I never had a dentist who's like, "Hey, bro, um, there's like insane buildup and gunk on the insides of your teeth." So I grew up thinking that when you get your teeth cleaning, it entails like Helga the Destroyer <laughs> going through and scratching <laughs> the crap out of the insides of your teeth. And I was just like, "Man, this is really crazy!" Like every time I get my teeth cleaned, like it kills. And it feels like they're like they're rubbing bone, which is just like codified plaque on my teeth off. And I didn't realize they were doing that because like an idiot, I haven't been brushing the inside of my teeth. And apparently everybody knew this except for me. And you were thinking, isn't there a better way? Isn't there a better way to prevent this? I feel like I look back on my life and I feel like. Even like especially in elementary school, I was just taught a lot of just lies, just people just and I don't know if I just remembered it wrong or if teachers didn't know what they were talking about. But I always thought that the the plastics. So, you know how you have like a plastic bottle? I'm pretty sure a teacher told me that the number on the plastics was how many times that that thing had been recycled. So you know how there's, like, the numbers there? <laughs> I'm pretty sure someone told me that. And then as – it's it's not bad when you think it as a kid, but when you bring it up as an adult and you haven't corrected your views. So I, I think I said that to a group of adults, and they all looked at me, and they're like, no. <laughs> like, first of all, how would you even track that? Like, if you're recycling things – you're like melting them back. So <laughs> like, that's just impossible. Like it was really embarrassing and shaming and shame on you teacher for teaching me that or me for remembering incorrectly. I don't know. Well, the teacher taught you it either as just a, a wonderful elaborate hoax <laughs> or they actually believed it themselves. <laughs> so, wow. So you just thought every bottle, man, every bottle has been recycled one, two or three times. That's crazy. <laughs> Well, I didn't think about it, right? I think. Did she, you think if you got one that had four, it was a collector's item? <laughs> I never saw one before. I never saw one after that, so I just assumed recycling ended, right? <laughs> I didn't think much about it, and that I, I think, uh, I think we, it's a really healthy exercise to go through old assumptions and knowledge and and just dig into them again, kind of re-explore them. I'm going to make a plug for that. <laughs> I want to uh I wanted to get into uh ranking stuff. So I w- I'm going to throw out something out there and we haven't talked about this beforehand. I want to rank in your opinion this is completely subjective. The most overrated stuff there is. Yeah, so you have to pick 4. And you don't have to rank them necessarily, but I want you to pick the four most overrated things. I'll give you one just one. Off the top of my head, okay. Uh, selfies. Let me and I'll, I'll elaborate here for a second. I think selfies are on the list simply because it's become this like obsessively vain thing in culture. To where, I mean, now people are like, you can't bring selfie sticks on Disney roller coasters or even at Disneyland because people were trying to take crazy pictures and selfies of themselves. 
it's it's also like every time I see someone taking a selfie, I'm like, it seems like they're trying to create a Tinder photo so that they can, you know, advertise themselves. And I just feel like I miss the days where, you know, if you wanted a picture, it was spontaneous, random. I feel like selfies have become this thing where it's so uh, purposeful and rehearsed. The makeup has to be right and the lighting and the setting. I just feel like we're missing the spontaneity. I feel like we're taking pictures for vain reasons. And I just, I'll admit, I don't think I've ever taken a selfie in my life. Really? You never taken a selfie? Uh, I think I've, I, I might have taken a picture, like me and my wife on a date together, and we couldn't find someone to, to find take the picture for us. So maybe that counts. Hmm. But I've never taken a selfie. Well, so, but don't you think that pictures, like, in of themselves are just kind of a vain thing? Not necessarily. I think, I, for me, pictures are memories, right? It, it's, it's or, or yeah, it's just a fun way to look back and think about uh, experiences, events, um, you know, big moments, that kind of thing. Okay, I thought of one. Here's one. Okay. The mic drop. Now, like, everyone's doing the mic drop. You're seeing it on, like... Verizon commercials. It's kind of funny. Uh-huh. But now it's just like, no, that wasn't a mic drop. That wasn't worth a mic drop. I don't even know where the mic drop came from. Like, why do you drop your mic? So there's two ways of breaking this down. The first is the actual mic drop, which if you're going to actually do the mic drop, like it takes cojones just to like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this at this point. What's really bad is when people use the phrase mic drop that's really bad because that first of all that's overplayed and it it doesn't take the same guts or gusto you like used responsibly these things can be a good thing right like a really great artist can do a responsible mic drop right in the appropriate time but i think it's when people like when everyone starts doing it and not that they're doing it. I think everyone has the opportunity. Like, everyone can do it, but they're not doing it in the right context, right? Like, I have no problem with people mic dropping if the situation warrants a mic drop. It's just most of the time it doesn't, and it's just irritating. That's how I feel. Yeah. No, I could, I, I think at one point it, uh, it kept its value, and I feel like it's been overplayed. I, I think I can I can align with that. Uh, my next one is uh, 3D movies. <laughs> like were, I just were those ever I, rated though? <laughs> no, but like, well, they're they're everywhere, right? It's the most annoying thing when you show up to the movie and you the movie you want to see the only the only time that works for you and your significant your spouse or your girlfriend or boyfriend whatever is is the 3D showing. Like, that's the worst. You're like, ah, we have to wear those glasses. Like, it's going to hurt my eyes after a while. And, like, first of all, if you're on a date and you're going to do a 3D movie, you're not kissing your date. Like, there's no way that you and your date are wearing 3D glasses. <laughs> and then you're going to, like, you're not going to, like, do anything affectionate, let alone break out into a full-on makeout. But, like, that – so no affection if you're on a date. So that's that's throwing cold water on that idea right away. Second of all, like, does anyone else get a headache or, like – get annoyed at the person to your left who's never done this before who like starts reaching for the dinosaur coming at them at the screen like <laughs> thinking like it's a real dinosaur trying to touch it <laughs> that still happens to some people who like have never experienced the novelty of it 
and then you're paying an extra five bucks to do it. So that one's on my list. And you may say who likes it, but they're still incredibly popular. You know, there's no IMAX movie for kids. It doesn't offer 3D viewings. And now they're doing the 4D. So now they're they're squirting water in my face because that's what I wanted when I went to go see a movie is having water and air shot towards my face at random moments. That's a lot of fun. Have you been to a 4D movie? I have been to lots of 4D movies. I told you I have two (laughs) five-year-old kids. So we've been to lots of venues, museums. The local aquarium here has 4D movies, so I have been to my share plenty of 4D movies. Yes. I I completely agree with you. Okay, I think I found my ultimate one. I think this is my number one. I think this okay. is my number one. This is your George Washington of your Mount Rushmore of overrated overrated things. This is. This is. Okay. So the the term millennials. Ooh. I hate. I hate that. I hate that there's like all sorts of news around millennials. Like, it just bothers me so much. And, like, it's not necessarily, like, a rated thing. It's not like people, like, are enjoying this. But it is such a big presence in our society. And I just think most of it is just garbage. I think It's overplayed. It's overplayed. And, and the... What's worse is like people are are like buying into it of like, yeah, I'm a millennial, so I feel this way about things. It's like, no, like you're you're like an individual person. (laughs) Like, that's how you feel about things. Like, ah, it's just so annoying. Millennials. Oh, yeah, I think that's fair. I I think uh, at any given moment, if you go to like Google News or Google Trends and you type in millennials, you're going to find 50 articles. Yeah. And and it's not so much the classification because I think they do they base it off of some research, right? So the classification itself isn't frustrating. It's just how news groups try and capitalize off of it. Like adding millennials to a story, you know, they're probably getting more clicks because they add millennials. That's my number one millennial talk, man. Ugh. Okay, I think that's fair. All right. My next one, and admittedly, I am a foodie. Like, I love good food. And I am the kind of person that will try anything. Like, I will go to some exotic country, and if people there like uh, eating, like, I've eaten several kinds of bugs because they're edible bugs, and I'm not totally opposed to it. I'm pretty open, okay? But I just think that when people tell me they like to eat this particular item, they are trying to be cool, and they were completely lying because raw oysters – are awful. <laughs> like anyone who claims they like to eat this semi hard loogie with with bits and pieces of salt like sprinkled throughout, like I just think they're the most nasty disgusting things ever. And I have try try I have eaten raw oysters probably 2 dozen times because I keep trying to convince myself every coastal city it's like you pay like 50 60 bucks to get a whole thing of of really good raw oysters they're terrible they're awful have you ever have you ever tried these i've tried one i had my first raw oyster experience last year and i just had one but yeah i i, I didn't think it was anything special it was kind of weird really weird actually <laughs> like a loogie right. actually that was right on like kind of a like a cold refreshing loogie down your throat yeah they should just advertise that cold refreshing loogies and Anytime you ask someone who's never experienced food before and you're like, how was it the first time? And they say it was kind of a weird experience. That's when you know this is not something that we should be consuming. It shouldn't be someone's first reaction. 
All right, I, I want to read you a couple of things from random over people put uh, top four overrated lists on the internet. Some of these are a little bit confusing to me. Um, <laughs> so this this website overratedlist.com asked for people to list their top four most overrated things. One person put democracy on there. <laughs> um, the rest of their list was red wine, beach bumming, and F. Scott Fitzgerald, which I don't ever hear people talk about F. Scott Fitzgerald <laughs> in like any sort of tone that's really phenomenal. Um, but I thought democracy was a little eye popping, like freedom. Freedom's overrated. Like, I, I prefer authoritarianism. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it turns out that person was in uh, North Korea that wrote that. So, <laughs> um, let's see. This one's called Claire's List: tailgating, Halloween costumes, roller coasters, and thongs. The winner, though, is Kaylee's family, or, or I'm sorry, is Kaylee's list. Uh, so Kaylee's list is careers is number one. <laughs> I'm skipping. I'm skipping number two because it's so great. So number one most overrated thing is careers. <laughs> number three is risk management. Number four is fitness. And Kaylee's from New Jersey, so I'm going to explain this. Number two is biological family. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anne's list. I, I'm sorry. I'll stop. I just some of these are just too good. Anne's list. Number one is lobster. Number four. Number three is non-fat anything. Number four is weddings, and number two is Vicodin. <laughs> well, if it's on your list, it's because you had a crap load of experience with Vicodin. And apparently, apparently, Anne is not getting the high that she was promised when she takes Vicodin. I like the non-fat anything as well. Like, anyone's rating that well. Like, no one likes non-fat stuff. It's not rated. So, yeah, some pretty good stuff on the internet. Uh, it's, if you ever want to go to overratedlist.com, there's some pretty phenomenal stuff. There's some pretty <laughs> phenomenal stuff on here. The other thing that, uh, probably the last thing we should talk about is names. So, yes. if, if you didn't know out there, this is a podcast uh, currently doesn't have a name, and we need to name it, and we need to come up with other stuff. And we thought it'd be fun to kind of work through that process live, right? So, so uh, what I all right. So, I mean, you come up with a generic name, and so our names are Andrew and Chris, and I tried playing with them, playing around with them, and. Um, I, I couldn't, I uh, couldn't make a pun or anything off that, but I just thought about what this is. And I just think, you know, we're doing this because we live normal lives. Uh, you live, Andrew, you live in, you know, uh, central California, Northern California, uh, in the Bay area. And I live in Salt Lake city, Utah. And we just, you know, we're, we're our relationship is that we're old college friends. We're roommates in college for, uh, a time and we've stayed close and we just, you know, we, we like uh, have a good rapport between us talking about things, sometimes serious. Uh, we had plenty of levity. So my thought suggestion, my title suggestion, and you could totally hate this, was random musings and interesting anecdotes. Because ultimately, because ultimately that's what this is. I feel like it's a little long. I know. It is long. I just thought of one as you were talking. Good. Hit me. Slumber party. 
because this is like a slumber party. Except it's a slumber party with you and I every time. I do love slumber party, but I'm just like, I'm afraid that someone's going to be like scouring the podcast like two in the morning. I'm like, ooh, slumber party. And like, defend slumber party. Sell me on slumber party because I already like it, but I want to hear your 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 reasoning. All I can think of are the things that like will go wrong. So if someone Googles like slumber party, like what's going to come up, right? So I'll have to, always have to be slumber party the podcast. Okay, here's why I think slumber party is a great idea. T- tell me why you think millennials would love slumber party. <laughs> the top 10 reasons why millennials like slumber parties. Because everyone, pretty much everyone has participated in a slumber party. And it's a time when you all get together and you swap ideas, you have fun, you do different like weird things. And that's kind of what this is like. We'll have like funny, you know, we're, we're going to try and do like regular segments on this um, that I think will resemble that. Um, so you'll have like funny segments. You'll have kind of deep conversations. So slumber party kind of denotes a larger group. So, yeah, that's... I, I like it. I like it. I, uh, I think I think slumber party works. I think you've sold me <laughs> on it because uh, the, the concept of it's the kind of dynamic you'd have. In that environment where a conversation can flow naturally, you may have a few things that you want to talk about with your friends or your friend, and some of it's going to be fun and some of it's going to be serious, And but we're going to be enjoying ourselves the whole time. And it's, like, unique, right? Like, it's going to stand out. Yeah. Yeah. So, this welcome, everyone, to episode one of volume one of Slumber Party, our very first Slumber Party <laughs> podcast. <laughs>